You guys ready for the Word of God? Yeah, me too. I'm ready to hear what the Lord wants to say. And we're going to bring this thing to a close, this topic of generosity that we've been talking about for, this is the fifth week we've been talking about generosity. And today, I want to focus in on, and I've mentioned it probably every week that I've been speaking about generosity, but I want to get right to the heart of the matter. It's the heart of stewardship that I want to talk about today. And and I'm not just talking about giving financially. We talked about the tithe. We talked about the other 90%. We talked about how we're generous in our talents, you know, the abilities that God's given us, and we're also generous in the time that we have as far as giving back to the Lord in, in those areas. But today I want to talk about the heart that goes into all of that. And I think that this is probably the most important message of the five today in relationship to our walk with the Lord because good, steward is, good stewardship is more than just giving of our money or our time, or our things to the Lord. It's about the heart of stewardship. And that's what I want to share with you today. In other words, good stewardship is a matter of attitude. It's how you approach this thing. It's, it's how you come to the table uh, of giving. We'll just call it giving because that covers all of it, time, money, and talents, right? Giving of ourselves to the Lord. It's all about attitude. It's, it's not the act of giving that's important, but it's the heart behind the act of giving that matters the most. Can I get an amen? amen. I think we all know that. And as I talk today, you're going to see elements of this service. And we didn't plan it this way, family. I usually don't share with my team, other than the, the overarching um, theme, what my sermon content is going to be about, because I really don't even know as I'm working it out each week, the exact direction we're going. You know what I'm saying? And God has orchestrated today's service just for us. I love that, that he, he does that. I don't think second service can turn out the same way because this was not planned. I'm looking forward to see what happens next service because I don't know. I don't have a clue. It's, I'm clueless. But. So it's not just what you give or what you do. It's why you do it. That's stewardship. Amen? So we're going to go to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 9. That's where we're going to take our text from. I'll bounce around a little bit like I like to do, but if you open your Bible there, I think there'll be some things in there you might want to highlight or underline today as we talk about this topic. So we're going to begin reading in verse number 6, and after I read this portion of Scripture, we're going to pray and ask God to, to bless our time together, the remainder of our time together. But this I say, this is Paul talking, Paul's writing this letter, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things. I got to stop in verse 8. I just got to stop there for just a minute because it says God is able to make all grace abound towards you, not just some, not just little bits of grace. And then he goes on to say that, that you always having all sufficiency in all things. You need to highlight that, underline that in your Bible, and you need to reflect on that every once in a while when it doesn't look like all things are coming your way. Because my Bible tells me that all grace and all sufficiency and all things Come to those who believe, who do not sow sparingly. Amen? All right. I think I can move on from here. 
And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruit of your righteousness while you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. Lord, I love your word. Man, it's so powerful to change our minds, to change our direction, to change our thoughts, to change everything. God, we release your word in this place today. And the word is Jesus. Jesus, show up in this place. Show up as I, as I share your word today, Lord. Show up in our ears, in our hearts, in our understanding today that we would understand what it is to be stewards of generosity, to have our heart in the right place as we give whatever level that is. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I've got to go back to verse 10 real quick because it says that you multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. So, uh, again, I want to pluralize this word fruit for you. We talked about this a few weeks ago, that, that, that when, the lo- when the Holy Spirit starts to give fruit, it's like a fruit basket because there's multiple fruits involved, amen? And so when you give to God and when you are stewards of the things of God, He increases the fruits of your righteousness. Now, you know your righteousness is like filthy rags to the Lord. Don't you know that? Because that's what the Bible says. So the fruits of your righteousness are the righteousness of Jesus Christ, and he's going to increase those fruits. And I don't know about you, but I could use some more fruit. Amen? I like me some fruits. Praise the Lord. Which causes Thanksgiving. We're going to talk about Thanksgiving all next month because it's Thanksgiving month, right? We have a lot to be thankful for, but we'll touch on that next, starting uh, in a couple weeks. But if if stewardship was only about the size of the gift that we make, then only those who are rich would be honored. Like Todd shared about those walking by the temple and heaping in all their riches, puffing out their chest, you know, looking good, look at me, look at how much I'm able to give. But the Lord didn't praise the Pharisees for what they gave. And let me tell you, they did give. They were very generous in their giving. Their heart was in the wrong place. Jesus said that they had the act, but not the heart. And can I tell you, there's a lot of Christians today that I believe approach stewardship the same way. A couple of reasons. Number one is, is, is pride sometimes sneaks in, even in a Christian's heart. Amen? Number two is maybe we just haven't been taught. Maybe we just don't know. And all we know is the world's way. And when you give a lot and you, and you put your name in lights, it's good. God's economy is a little different. And I want to read to you 2 Timothy chapter 3. Verses 1 through 5 is kind of the way people approach stewardship today. It says, know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. Can I get a witness? Pull up your pants. That's all I got to say right there. Don't get me singing pants on the ground. I'm just kidding. (laughs) 
unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. The Bible says to turn away from these kind of people. I believe that over the last five weeks, I have made a case to make the statement that I'm about to make. If you are not a generous Christian, then you're denying the power of God. I believe that. I believe that that is a biblical, accurate statement. That if you are not generous, if your heart is not a generous heart, then you are denying the power of God in your life. People don't just give because they love God. A lot of people give because they want the praises of man. We need to be givers of because we love God. That's my first point today. It's a heart of worship. I did not plan for worship to bump into offering today. That was not my plan. My plan was we'll do three songs, we'll do offering, and then we'll do announcements, and then we'll do two songs, and that's how we do things, right? There is an order to service. But can I tell you that the Holy Spirit has the, the right at Grapevine Fellowship to mess up our service order? But we should be giving from a heart of worship. This is a heart of love for God. That's what worship is. Giving is an expression of my worship. Listen, I am called to preach, okay? I have been appointed to pastor at Grapevine Fellowship. Thank you, Jesus. I have been equipped by the Holy Spirit with several gifts. But listen, I'm created to worship. I get to do all these other things. God has blessed me in my ministry to do a whole bunch of stuff. He, he's gifted me with, with the Holy Spirit and anointed my life to do, to do some things every once in a while. But one thing he created me to do is worship him. Is to worship him. Giving is an extension of my worship and my adoration to God. It comes out of that flow of, of, of loving Jesus. Do you remember Matthew chapter 2, the Christmas story? We're going to jump ahead a couple of months. But the wise men, they, they came to seek baby Jesus. And their worship was manifested in the giving of gifts. Look at, look at this verse. And when they had come into the house, they saw a young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. When they had opened their treasures... They presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I believe that giving, whether we're talking about receiving offering or we're talking about volunteering our time at the food bank or in children's ministry or wherever their needs are or or just giving our time to the Lord, saying, you know what, 9 o'clock every Sunday morning, I'm setting myself aside. No matter what's going on, no matter who's playing in the football game, come on. I plan on being there when I can on Sunday morning at 9 o'clock. That's dedicating your time. Don't get me wrong. There's, there's season. There's times to, to get away, and there's all those things that you have to do to keep yourself healthy. Amen? It's not what we're talking about today. But we're often challenged to give because the needs of the poor or the hungry or the sick. And you know what? People give to that, and we should give to those things. Like, like this disaster relief fund, man. When we find out about this kind of stuff, we should be motivated to give something. 
But our motivation got to go beyond, got to go, that's right, got to go <laughs> beyond just meeting needs. It has to go beyond just meeting needs. Oh, that felt good to meet needs. Yeah, it does feel good to meet needs. But we need to give out of our love for God, out of, out of our worship towards Him, out of our adoration to, to, to see His kingdom come. Amen? His kingdom ain't coming without your support. We talked about that a few weeks ago, how, how our giving financially is the support of the local church. Without the local church, there is no place for people to come and get saved. Oh, yeah, we can have street ministry. We can do all those things. But God ordained the local church. From the beginning of time, when you read your Bible, you'll find that there are a lot of people who were singled out because of their giving, who, if you would have went with human reasoning, would not have given. What about the poor widow in, 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 in Luke 21 that, that Todd already talked about? She would not have given her two mites if she was acting out of reason. She wouldn't have, she wouldn't have done that. She was poor. She wasn't even required to. This poor little lady shouldn't be given anything. But she gave because of her worship to God. Her giving was out of, out of love, not out of reason or need. What about Mary, John 12, who broke the alabaster box? Ask my wife to preach that to you. Come on up here, baby. Just kidding. We'll save that for another time. And she broke that box of very expensive perfume, and she anointed the feet of Jesus. And, and Judas, remember Judas Iscariot, he, he got mad. He said it was a waste, that it should have been sold, and the money given to the poor. That's, out of, that's, that's human reasoning. But that's not where she was. She, she did that out of her love and adoration to Jesus Christ. What about John chapter 6 and the little boy that gave up his sack lunch? Man. Little kid shows up on the scene and they want his money. He want, they want his food, his, his little bologna sandwich. And, and it appeared to be too little. And can I say that many of us, I believe, sometimes think that what we have to give is too little. That what we have to offer is, is just too little, that God really can't do anything with it. But that little boy, he acted in faith instead of reason. And he gave his lunch up. And the, and the Bible says that, that 5,000 men were, were, were fed lunch that day, plus the women and children, because of his worship. What about the Christians in Macedonia? 2 Corinthians chapter 8. If they had acted from reason, they had, they had have never given to help the poor in Jerusalem. Look, look at this verse. It says, In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, even beyond their ability. Wow. Wow. If they had sat down and calculated the cost and added it up and got their calculator out, deducted the bills, and there, there would have been nothing left to give. But because they were compelled by love and they were able to give, and, they, and the Bible says that they gave out of rich generosity. I love that. Out of their severe trial and over, their overflowing joy and extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Yeah. 
That's a heart of worship. That is a heart of generosity. That is not looking at the bank account first saying, well, I can give 10 bucks this week. No, it's seeking God's face. What would you have me, Lord? What would you have me give? Oh, I can't afford to give any time. I'm so busy as it is. Can I tell you, you can't afford not to give time? We should all be serving the Lord at some capacity, somewhere. You see, if you give from human reasoning and you add up your income and you subtract all the expenses and and then you subtract what you've given to yourself, you probably will never give. You most likely won't have enough, or at least you'll tell yourself you don't have enough. I've been there. I've been there. I've been there. I wrote the bills first. Looked at the bottom line. (laughs) Can't do it. But every time I've done it anyway... There always seems to be enough. Is there anyone who would, always, who would like to say they always have enough? Wouldn't you like to just say there's always enough? Whatever that amount is, there's always enough. That's God's economy. So we need to learn to give from a heart of worship, a, a heart that, that loves God. Amen? The second one, we should give from a heart of faith. That's a heart that trusts God. That is a heart that says, I trust you, Lord, no matter what. Look, look again at our text at verse, verses 6 and 7. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purpose in his what? In his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Hallelujah! We should be doing a dance when we put our offering in. The happy dance. Who wants to stand up and show me the happy dance? Nobody. I don't even know it. That's why I'm asking for help. TJ, is there more than one? Just show me one of them. Oh, see. I'm trying to recruit others into my routine, see, because you guys are getting tired of my moves. I got like one. I got, I got like one move. That was, that was sad. I've expected more from you, TJ, really. You, you have been? Okay, all right, all right. But listen, it takes faith to sow seed. Listen, you have to give up the seeds in your hand. You have to be willing to give. Okay, Mike, I need your help here, bud. Two times me and Mike have been sitting around the barbecue or whatever talking, and, and he's given me this illustration of how he approaches the things of the Lord. And when I'm putting this together... His face just kept coming into my, oh, it scared me, but it was there. Yeah. Dave's trying to get you. I can stand close to you talking to mine. <laughs> Should say handheld there, unmuted. Check, one, two, there, there we go. Yeah, so actually it, the way it came up is for me is, is as we were praying about what we were doing and, and whether we were coming here or not is when it specifically came so real that, you know, so it hasn't, always been that way but you know we close up our hands and we're hanging on to to what we have you know and we got our hands closed and God's trying to do something in our lives and we and we're just hanging on to what we got man we just gripping on to what we got mm-hmm. and it's and it's not until we just open up our hand and we let our hand open up that God can take what's in our hand okay and believe me when I tell you that if God takes something out of your hand the only reason he takes something out of your hand is to put something better there amen 
Okay, that's the only reason he'll ever take anything out of your hand is to put it, replace it with something better. Here's the kicker, though. You got to remember this, that sometimes that thing that's in your hand is good. Right? Because, you know, we get that context in our mind that, that what we're hanging on to is bad for us and God wants to take it out and put something different in there. The thing is, sometimes what you're hanging on to is good. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with it. Mm-hmm. It's not broke. No, it's not broke. It's working. It's, it's, it's good. You look at it and you go, hey, man, this thing's awesome. I love it. Mm-hmm. Right? But you still have to open up your hand because if God takes it out of your hand, he will, he will always Replace it with something better. Always. Amen. Thanks, brother. That's that's how we should approach God at all times, just like this. If he's going to take it out of there, it's because he wants to put something better in there. You know, and I'm speaking to some of you spiritually right now as far as your ministry or what you consider to be your ministry. It's not yours. It's God. and, And unless you're willing to let go of it, God can never give you a promotion. He can never give you more until you let go of what you're holding on to. There's just not new room enough. Amen. So we should always be raising up people behind us to, to, to take up our, our mantle. Because we don't know what tomorrow holds. We know who holds our tomorrow. So it, it takes faith to trust God. Listen, you have to sow before you see rewards. And you have to sow to see the rewards. You have to. The Lord says in verse 8, he said that, he is able to make all grace abound toward you that you may have an abundance for every good work. He's able to do that, isn't he? We, we, so we sow, yeah, there you go, so we sow anticipating the harvest because it will come. We don't sow because of what's in the bank account. We don't give our time because of how much we have available to give. We do it in faith knowing that there will be a harvest. I'm amazed at how when I have such a, a busy schedule with, with work and stuff and, and something comes up. You know, I went to the hospital this week to pray for Josh, and, and they may be here second service. Praise God. God's doing something there. We've got to keep praying for this young man. Uh, but, you know, it's like, God, I don't have time to go. And then I went, and all of a sudden I had this extra time all week long. It's like I, got, I just got time. Got time to spend with the Lord. Got time to spend with the family. Got time to, to do the things that I enjoy doing, except I didn't go golfing. But faith and trust involves risk. We don't like to hear that word. You throw seeds and you believe that God will work it out, that he can take whatever we have to offer and do wonders with it. That's what God does. When you sow seeds, you always won't see the fruit immediately. But you trust that the growth is taking place under the ground, underneath, in the heavenlies where we can't see it. Amen? It doesn't always take place right now. I started preaching this, this series on generosity, and our tithe base went way down. We are in the tightest position Grapevine's ever been in. And I'm not saying that because we're going to take a special offering right now. I'm saying that because I knew that would come. Because you don't see the manifestation of that. You don't see the fruits of your labor until after the fact. So don't fix your eyes on the fruit tree. Just fix your eyes on Jesus, Amen. So we give in faith because without faith, faith, it's impossible to please God. Now, I didn't say it's difficult to please God without faith. I said it's impossible to please God without faith. You can't do it. So you have to have some faith. You have to say, you know what, I'm going to do this. Many of you did that when we raised money for our marquees. Grace, Grace, doesn't that look good? 
drive by there at night if you haven't seen that thing all lit up. Some of you stepped out in faith. You, you even came to me. I put money on there. I don't know where it's going to come from. And then when you came in with the check, you're like, I can't believe God did it. And God does that stuff. Faith is telling the Lord that you trust him. And giving is the expression of the faith that you have in God. Number three, a heart of cheerfulness. We should be giving from a heart of cheerfulness, gladness. It's a heart of gladness. It's more than just about the quantity. Come on, somebody. It's never about the quantity. It's ne- the Bible doesn't say who gives more is more blessed. It doesn't say that anywhere. It's about the joy or the gladness of giving. Verse 7, Paul said that, that we don't do this grudgingly or of necessity because God loves a cheerful giver. You can't fake this stuff. God knows your heart. You can put the biggest smile on your face and do the happy dance when the offering comes through. Better than TJ did. <laughs> Work on it. Next service, I want to see something better, okay? No, I'm kidding. I'm teasing. That was a great dance, CJ. It was. I should be building you up. I'm sorry. No, it was awesome. I love you. But what is your heart saying? Is your heart doing the happy dance? That's the question. If you want to give to glorify yourself and hope that it will bring your joy, can I tell you it won't do it? It's not easy. Can I tell you? It's not always easy to, get out of gla- to give out of gladness to give from a cheerful heart. And if you've lost that joy, if giving has become difficult, if it's, it's because that you, you've lost your focus on Jesus. Our focus is on the wrong thing. We've taken our focus off the giver and put it on the gift. And we can't do that. A heart of generosity is just generous. It doesn't mean that you give to every cause. You, you can't. God knows that. It doesn't mean that you sign up to volunteer for, for every topic that co- every opportunity that comes through. God doesn't expect that. It just means that your heart is generous. It, it means that when opportunities like this, this Foursquare uh, disaster relief thing come up, and maybe you can't give a financial gift, I'll tell you what you can give. You can give prayer. You can give your time in prayer to the refugees fleeing right now because of the war that's breaking out. You can give your time to the prayer that they would see the face of God through the four square missionaries who God has placed in position. Amen? In Luke chapter 19, Zacchaeus, the Bible says that when he met Jesus, the result was he decided to give half he had to the poor. How about the prostitute in Luke chapter 7? The Bible says that after she met Jesus and she experienced the forgiveness of the Lord, that, that she wet Jesus' feet with her tears and she, and she dried his feet with her hair. Listen, an encounter with Jesus Christ will change your heart. Meeting Jesus on whatever road you're on, coming to know him as your Lord and Savior, making it a per- I love what taught, who said that? That it's not a religion. Mike, it's not a religion. I did not sign up for any religion. I I have a hard time following rules. (laughs) I signed up for a relationship. I signed up for a relationship with my Lord and Savior, Jesus. And guess what? He changed my life. And he gave me 
gifts and, and skills and abilities, and he's given me wonderful things. And I started trying to add up this morning, just in my mind, the, 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 the ways that God has given back to me over the years. And man, he's given me a wonderful wife. He's given me great children. My mom's still mad at me. One day you're going to have kids just like you. I don't. I have great kids. And my mom's like, I don't know how you skipped that one. You know, I got great friends. I got great church family here. You guys blessed Pastor Carrie and I's socks off last week. I'm so humbled. I've been, I've been in mourning all week by how humbled I am, by the generosity and the kindness and the love that you showed to us. I was afraid to come home and, and come into some kind of cheesy service. I'll tell you what, it was very honoring. And it, and it edified God and it edified the Lord and it edified... It, it reminded us why God brought us here. And we're here to stay. So, an encounter with Jesus will change your heart. Can I ask you something this morning in closing? I'm talking about generosity. And you know, the world has the ability to give. They don't have joy in it. They give because it puts their name in the lights and it, and it, and it helps build their self-esteem. We give because we love Jesus. We give because our heart is filled with the love of God. And if you're here this morning and you, you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you, you've just never made that profession of faith. You never asked him to be the Lord of your life and, and you don't even know what it means to be generous. You don't know what it means to have the joy of the Lord and you're here today, would you say, hey, Pastor, I'd like to meet Jesus. If there's just one, would you raise your hand and say, yeah, I'm, I'm here. I want to I meet Jesus as my Lord and Savior today. Thank you. Praise God. Even if there's just one, family. Thank you. Incredible. Incredible that God would show up when you talk about money. Whenever you exalt the name of the Lord, He shows up. So whatever you're walking through today, if you're walking through a financial challenge, a burden, a struggle in your life, if you just need more freedom, more joy in your heart, can I just say it this way, more love? seems like sometimes love, love eludes us, it escapes us, and we want it. And we, we even spend time in prayer crying out, God, I just want more love. I want to love people more. I want to I love things of God more. I, I just want to love your word more. I want to love your worship more. I want to love you more. And sometimes we just feel like that void is there. You know, if I'm speaking to you right now, would you stand to your feet? You just need more love in your heart, whatever area that is. Don't be embarrassed. I'm already standing. Need more love, Lord. And we're going to pray this prayer for the two that raised their hands, and then I'm going to pray over you as we dismiss in a minute. Would you pray this with me? Say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I confess you as my Lord and Savior. And ask that you would direct my steps. Be Lord of my life the lover of my soul. I say yes to your son. 
His name is Jesus. Amen. Amen. And so, Lord, for those of us that are standing right now, that just say we need more love. I, I could probably pray this confidently with all of us, that we would like to desire to read your word more, that we would not grow faint or weary in doing so. God, that we would desire to pray more. Your word says to pray without ceasing, that, that you would be constantly on our hearts and minds as we go throughout the day. Lord, that the joy of the Lord would come upon us and would be our strength. I pray whatever area that we're standing for today, Lord, wherever we need strengthening in the area of love, that Jesus right now would show up. Help us, Lord. Help us to be more like you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Well, we love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.